When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 1984 Mercedes sedan, now available in a variety of colors, light brown, medium brown, dark brown, and brown. This week on the Story Song Podcast. everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the wonderful world of Story Song. And what a wonderful world we're talking about this week. Because <laughs> we're a talking glamorous about world. World. <laughs> a glamorous world. We're talking about the glamorous life uh, by Sheila E. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's not so glamorous, guys, because obviously she's in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, since she's not using her last name. Uh, let's, well, I, let's all please please welcome Sheila E. Yeah, to the group, I, everybody. I assumed, Sheila, I assumed her, her last uh, name was I assumed her last name was Newman. Uh, her brother's name is Alfred E. Newman. Uh, okay. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. And she also would have the same middle initial. Oh, yeah. You don't have they... the same middle initials, <laughs> all your siblings? <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. Um, who's gonna tell Rachel? Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Michael. Yes. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How um, are you? Good. Enjoying the summer so far? Hot yeah. enough for you? Um, <laughs> Michael, you picked this one, so please tell us the story. Oh, you know what? I should say before I get there. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let's all back up. I forgot something. This is now our. I swear, unintentional. Our unintentional trilogy. Well, it started unintentional, and then it was it like, started it, it, yeah, this seems right. to be a thing, let's do it. So it's part well, three we of the trilogy of songs written by saying, Prince for other artists. We did, Yeah, right. We did one, then we unintentionally did a second yes. one, at least to start, and then we're like, well, let's finish out the trilogy. Yeah. So as Michael said, these are songs written by Prince, but recorded by other artists. Um, and uh, so Michael, please tell us the story of the story song. So The Glamorous Life is about a glamorous woman. Mm-hmm. who leads a glamorous life and is only focused on being glamorous, you guys. So yes. she really likes glamour. And she thinks the that love... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't read it, but she keeps it like on her coffee table because it's like, yeah. look, everything around here is glamorous. Right. Including right. the magazines. Yes. So uh, in being glamorous, she thinks that love would be a distraction. Um, so then she meets someone and realizes that all the glamour that she has in her glamorous life doesn't mean anything without love. Right. She wanted she wanted a glamorous life, which she thought was, um, you know, great things like mink fur coats or, mm-hmm. I don't know, a brown sedan. <laughs> uh, you know, all the best <laughs> that 1984 could buy. But what she discovers is the true glamour in life is love. You guys. Is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> no, no, Rachel, wrong. No. Oh, wrong. oh I'm sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong lesson. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, it was it was love. <laughs> it was the love, the strong love between two people. 
Um, but you know well, the brown car doesn't doesn't hurt. Oh, of course, of course not. Brown no, no. is the most glorious of of car colors. Yes, yeah. you get in your brown car, you drive home, you watch mm-hmm. your thirteen inch TV, um, you yeah. put a video cassette in your uh, wood paneled VCR, and Absolutely. you're like, this is. You turn on your your tan computer, and you're like, this is this is the height of glamour and technology, 1984. Yeah, things will never get better than that. No. Yeah. Before we get into the specifics, I wanted to bring up something as we start at the top here, which is there's a there's a topic that comes up often on the show that sometimes we're kind of half joking about. Um, I mean, us. Could you imagine? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I genuinely am going to ask it this time, which is who's talking and who are they talking to? And the reason why I'm going to ask that is because we have some editorializing um, in this song, right? The, 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 our narrator is talking about this person and is going to say, like, this is what she's doing, but I don't think it means much. Uh, I don't think she's happy. So it's not, it's not the glamorous, it's not the woman living the glamorous right. life who's, who's telling this story. Right. Because otherwise she'd be like, I'm doing great. <laughs> she might say, <laughs> I don't need the love of a man. But you'd be like, but the person talking is a story. It's like, by the way, she she thinks she's happy, but she's not. Don't I, worry about that. I yeah, if it was first person, she'd be like, guys, I got a brown car. I'm doing I'm great. great. Yeah, this <laughs> right. is definitely not Sheila. This is definitely not Sheila E. I think this is the female version of the narrator from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> okay. He 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 does a lot <laughs> of that. There's a, there's a freeze. Elaborate. <laughs> The Dukes of <laughs> No, no, I understand what the, I'm saying. The Dukes of Hazard had this narrator that what would happen is the the Bo and Luke. Yeah, their names. That's their names. Bo and that's Luke would get into some sort of kerfuffle. Unless, of course, if you, I'm just if I can stop you for one second. Unless, yeah. of course, you're talking about the season where their cousins came to stay. Heck because, no. Because uh, there was there was a contract dispute, and so that would be Coy and Vance. Yeah, no, heck uh, no. I will never <laughs> be speaking about Coy and Vance. <laughs> Bo, and Bo and Luke. So what would happen is Bo and Luke would get into some sort of craziness, and then yes. the frame freezes, and the narrator comes on and says something like, Looks like our boys are getting in trouble again. Ain't that pretty? You're hanging there like that. Y'all stick around because we'll be getting on with it in a minute. You're right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is a good point where, like, in the context of the Dukes of Hazard, who is that guy? Like, that's not, that's not Uncle Jesse who's like telling telling us the story. That's some other character or some other voice who's not represented as a character in the show. These these narrators Mm. are. The oral where do they get off? The, oh, where well, do they get off? <laughs> no, they are the oral traditionalists 
sitting around the campfire <laughs> telling stories of days of yore to Absolutely. every generation that came after. So that's <clears throat> what this is. Okay. So she's and saying somewhere... it as if it's happening now, but really it's they're telling it like this is this is like like picture it if you will she right. wears a long fur coat like it's it's they're telling the children of the you know uh, right. of the community about the glamorous life lady or the dukes of hazard listen right. children to the story <laughs> yes sure it's also like the narrator on the uh batman 1966 show like uh how will batman and robin yeah. get yeah. out of this one tune in next week Mm-hmm. Same right. bat time, same bat channel. Same but I do. Channel. I mean, I, I have you know not what we watched. could call it. Mm. We could call it an omniscient narrator. That's just that. I'm just throwing that out there. But I here's mean, the thing, could. though. But I mean, I don't know if that's the correct term. But but I think Rachel has a good point, Michael. Where I have not watched the '60s Batman in a long time, so I don't remember. Oh, you're missing out. But I out. do think. But I do think that the the narrator on Dukes of Hazard had a point of view, right? Yeah. Um, we might even say it's like Ron Howard in Arrested Development, although we do eventually <gasps> see Ron Howard. Yeah, but, that's true. But, you know, he would be like, no, he's not going to do that, or this guy's an idiot, or whatever. Yeah. Like, he had, he had a point of view on the story. He wasn't just telling us the story. He wasn't uh, just the facts. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's an omniscient narrator in, in literature would have... I don't know how much of a point of view they necessarily have, but they do know what the character's thinking. So the, that would make sense if the words in the last line of the first verse were not what they were. So <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead. I'll wait till we get there. Is what I'm saying. We haven't even started the lyrics yet. Yes. Okay. And I will. I will get into it in a second. But but again, yeah. I mean, so so. But we have not answered my question, which is who's talking, and. Who are they talking to? Are we are we thinking that this is a Dukes of Hazard style narrator who is telling a universal story around a around not just a campfire but all campfires? Yes. This is this is the grand narrative uh, of humanity. Is that is that what we're thinking? That this is like part of the great story that this uh, this narrator is is telling. Uh, that's what I think. So my okay. frame of reference is Dukes of Hazard. Michael's frame right. of reference is literature so sure. i think you know <laughs> highbrow lowbrow situation <laughs> absolutely well i do i also i'm just imagining some like you know caveman like young child sitting around a campfire as the story is being told and just leans over to his his friend is just like i mean why coy in vance like wh why can we just <laughs> this seems like a really weird twist yeah. in the narrative that, so weird. i mean they leave in their exact almost exact double cousins come and stay and do the exact same things that Bo and Luke were doing. It just seems weird. It seems, <laughs> frankly, it seems unnecessary if I'm being honest. But. Uh, anyway. Okay. And to so, be clear, my, my frame of reference is both literature and Batman 66. So that's true. Right. I apologize. Which is I mean, literature. So yes. yeah, I was going to say, so literature. Yeah. Um, so to start here at the top of the lyrics, she wears a long, ups. She wears a long fur coat of mink, even in the summertime. The reason why I stumbled was I wanted it to be a mink coat because uh -huh. a coat of mink is really weird, and my brain just like wouldn't accept that <laughs> for a second. But she wears a long fur coat of mink, even in the summertime. 
Let's start there. Thoughts. Besides the fact that she probably smells really bad in August. <laughs> that's just, that's just showing off. That's, you yeah. don't, you don't, it's not necessary, but, um, you've got to remember, uh, she's going to be all splattered in red paint. So that's going to distract. Right. The eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quote Michael yep. Bluth. That's right. That's true. She, yeah, she's not worried about it. She's. She actually, you know what happens when she gets slattered with red paint? She says, this makes it more glamorous. Right. It's yeah. avant-garde now. Yeah, now it's, yeah now, now it's punk. Yeah, so that's right. So th- you did me a favor. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. You go. I, I think that, you know, I wonder if her friends are like, you know, you got you to gotta take that jacket off. We're at the beach. And she's just like, no. Right. This is the most glamorous thing I own. <laughs> uh, just going to, I will say but this. Just, Can somebody get me a Gatorade? Because right. I am losing a lot of electrolytes. I have, uh, my legs are cramping. I, I know it's it. I got a Charlie horse. I got a Charlie horse. Oh God. So I have warm. no, I have literally no salt in my body. I am, I am dried out like a raisin right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, like, okay, she wears she wears a, a big coat even in the summertime. Like, I I mean, you know, I don't know where she lives, but I feel like, again, she's it's like I'm just imagining her just like, drenched in sweat, like mascara running. You know what I mean? That's just not a good look. No. Is all I'm saying. No, don't I like, look glamorous in this that. coat? You're so sweaty. Yeah, yeah. Or I wonder if it's a thing where it's like I am so rich that I can wear a mink coat in my car and have the air conditioning crank so high yeah. that I can sit here in my mink coat. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Because we're going to get into her car in a second, but okay. So but I, I every- also, I, I do think if this song was written now versus in 1984, um, the mink coat wouldn't necessarily be um, glamorous. Like, well, the indicator of glamor and wealth. You no. Know? Well, absolutely. Yeah, and that always changes. Yeah, no. I mean, I would not uh, wearing a. It, I mean, wearing a mink coat at this. Does anyone do that anymore? I mean, really? Like, I think other o- than older if you're socialites. like socialites. That's just gonna say. If you're like a seventy-year-old dowager or whatever, I guess like I imagine you in a mink coat. But otherwise, that seems like it's pretty out at this point. Yeah. Um, My grandmother had. I feel like probably all our grandmothers had like a mink stole. First of all, my grandmother was not a fancy glamorous lady, but for some right. reason she had this mink stole with the heads on it. No. Yes. No. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Rachel's grandmother. That was my Definitely. Italian grandmother too. It wasn't even my waspy grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I mean, it the was, only re- I remember seeing it. She never wore it, but I remember seeing it and being like, what is this? There's only one time when a mink coat with the he- or a mink stole with the heads on it is acceptable, and that's in Ghostbusters too yes. when it comes alive and bites that lady. That's <laughs> and then really runs funny, off. <laughs> that's a really funny bit. It's really um, good. That was no, my I grandmother. I... <laughs> Did I never tell you that? Based on a true story. Mitch, Mitch Her, a... Uh, motion picture debut. <laughs> yeah, Mitch is a ghost, Ghostbusters too. Mima. Um, <laughs> I. I didn't know you knew Bill Murray. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, Code of Mink, even in the summertime, everybody knows from the coy little wink, the girl's got a lot on her mind. Mm. Um, great, great rhyme. 
I mean, great internal rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, like, yeah, that's I like, what I meant. The second I, part, not so much. But Oh, it's fine. I'm just saying the coat of mink and then coy little wink. Love it. Like it it just gives it that extra, like, ooh, this just it just it feels good. Cause the the lyrics themselves, like the actual lines are pretty long. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean, just like like there's a there's a lot of words in there for a single line of of lyrics, um, but those little internal rhymes just make it like oh, if it just feels so good. Um, yeah, internal it, it really rhymes works. are always are always fun. They're always like a, a satisfying little addition to the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what do we what do we think she's got a lot on her mind? Just like being glamorous, or because the coy little wink. Is she just kind of like, guys, I'm living the dream, wink. I, I like, think don't so. worry about it. Okay. I think that's what it is. I think that, you know, she's uh, got a lot on her mind means that she's got, she's got plans and she right. has ambitions and she knows how to get things done. Mm-hmm. She's Agreed. making it happen as she shakes her shoulders. And it's mid-August and um, she's way overdressed and she is sweating and there is makeup running into her eyes and she is just blinking <laughs> it away. Right. Okay, never mind. Forget everything I said. That's my that's my take as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, girl, the girl's got a lot on her mind. Like she's like, I really need to drink some pickle juice or I'm gonna pass out. Uh, <laughs> she got a lot on her I, mind. Uh, yeah, she got a lot on her mind like do they whew. make do they make lightweight mink coats? <laughs> There's, there's got to be a way to show that I'm glamorous in the summertime. Yes. Without have being they invented, so very warm. Yeah. Have they invented mini air conditioners that I can put inside? <laughs> here? What about um, a mink bikini? <laughs> she's like, maybe, so, I, maybe next summer I show off how, how rich and glamorous I am with jewelry. That seems a lot <laughs> well, cooler. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's it. A, like cold, like jewelry. I keep in the fr- in the freezer all night. So yeah. when I take it out, it's really it's really cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> all she's so, thinking wh- about is when is that ice cream truck going to show up? I am <laughs> so warm. I know this is weird. I I know this is weird, but can I put my mink coat in your freezer for thirty minutes, <laughs> and then I'll take it out and put it back on? Do you have any of those like um, gel ice packs that I can take yeah. to the inside <laughs> of my fur coat? Can I put? Can I buy two um, strawberry shortcake, frozen strawberry shortcakes? Uh, not to eat. I'm going to put them under each armpit mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then hold them there to try to cool myself off. Um, She's got big thoughts, big dreams, and a big brown Mercedes sedan. I mean, is there anything more glamorous in 1984 than just a giant brown? And just the word sedan just sounds so old. (laughs) Like, it just, it feels like something from antiquity. (laughs) I don't even know, like, what is a sedan other than a car that's just too big? It's That's just the only thing a car I think of. Yeah, yeah, it's just a car. But yeah, you're talking '80s Mercedes sedan. So this thing is a probably a tank. I can picture it absolutely. In my mind. And the brown is just the most not anymore in style brown. Like you'd look right. at it now and you'd say, "I cannot believe they ever made anything in that color." <laughs> <laughs> and there are there are highlights like on the car that are slightly lighter shades of brown. Yeah, like maybe it's got that like gold um, metal trim on it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, 
Now I want to look this car up. You know that there's <laughs> that model is out there. I feel like this is going to lead to you looking at that. Like, after we're done recording, Rich, you're going to look at that for, like, the rest of the night. And then, like, tomorrow morning, you're going to text us and be like, guys, I bought a brown sedan <laughs> last night. Honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> it's glorious. Uh, that's it. I'm sold. I want the glamorous life now. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be a good way to live the glamorous life. Just live it 30 years out of date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, then everything would be, like, dirt cheap that you're buying. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we've we we've described what she has and and she has a lot on her mind. Now here's the part that I was talking about. So he says or or the narrator says what I think this girl she really wants to be in love with a man. Okay? Yeah. Now Michael, I think maybe this is what Rachel was touching yes. on. That this goes against your thing that this is what the narrator thinks this girl wants. The narrator doesn't know. The narrator is observing and saying, what I think she really wants mm-hmm. is the love of a man. Yeah, I yes. could see that. But I, I think the narrator is, I think the, the narrator knows more than they're saying. Right. I think the narrator saying, I think she really wants to be in love. But in reality, it's like, she does. She does. I'm going to say I think, but. It really just mm-hmm. fills out the verse. <laughs> is it a thing where GL, like, she she knows that that's what she wants, but she can't admit it to herself, you know what I mean? Or is mm. she truly in the dark about what she really wants? Good question. Uh. Um, I think... I think our glamorous lady thinks she's happy. Okay. Let's say that. The other thing I'm going to say that's funny with this song is that um, there are many kinds of love, you guys, mm-hmm. and and all are all are valid. Uh, love es- of sedans, especially, especially if they make you happy. But I'm going to say that they are in this song. They are focusing on a certain kind of physical love, um, because that's you know what true. I mean. Like I'm just saying, there's not there's a lot of like she needs a man's touch. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, things along that vein. There's a, not a lot of like she needs to sit at home and like watch Netflix um, with someone. There's there's not a lot of like she needs like strong validation uh, from you know someone at home about the work that she's doing. Uh, I'm just saying their their definition of love I think is a little a little stricter maybe than some 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 others. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's a Prince song. Uh, yeah, that's well, very yes. true. That's very <laughs> so, yeah. true. Oh. I guess basically, I mean, I mean, if we want to say Prince is a narrator, Prince seems to be like, look, she's getting it from all different guys, but really, she needs one source. That seems that's what she really needs. We get into the chorus. It talks about her saying she doesn't need a man's touch. So, is it that she's with a bunch of men, or is it that she's filling a void <laughs> with glamorous things? And she hasn't had that, uh, you know, that connection yet. I mean, I don't know. You know, well, let's see. Let's go into it. She she wants to lead the glamorous life. She don't need a man's touch. She wants to lead the glamorous life without love. It ain't much. Right. Right. Which that I can that I can get behind to a certain degree. 
What, needing the glamorous life and not needing a man's touch? <laughs> no, I'm saying, well, I mean, I would. I don't know if I would agree without love it ain't much, but, you know, I mean, love's a nice thing. Like, it's good to have, <laughs> just saying. Being but, nice is nice. I think we can all agree. But I guess... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what she's saying is she's... She, she's substituting love or human connection with all of these, these other um, superficial things. Right. Sure. Right. I'll point you in the direction of there's a, a Madonna song called Drown World Substitute for Love, mm-hmm. where the song opens, I traded fame for love without a second thought. And it's about like filling that void with something else. In the case right. of that song, it's fame. In the case of this song, it's. Um, brown brown cars. Yes. Um, <laughs> she's, got, she's just got a parking lot full of brown cars. Um, <laughs> she's like, this is never going to go out of style. Um, <laughs> Look at my brown BMW. <laughs> so I think it's that. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's almost an awareness of the superficiality of, of um, or, or a growing awareness of the superficiality of the, the, the need for glamour and maybe i mean i'm not saying that it is i'm not saying it's like that she's like that it's like the 40 year old virgin i'm i but i do think maybe she's avoiding physical contact to avoid being getting making a connection with somebody so i'm not sure i don't get from the song that she is going out every night with a different man um uh but but I do think that she's avoiding, you know, the, the, uh, she's avoiding the, the, the question of love. Yeah. And she said like, she, I mean, what do we, what do we think she's doing for a living that she can afford a mink coat? Well, I think that'll take us into the expanded universe, Dan. And a big brown. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, I think, because she's like, well, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I think Michael's very excited about the expanded universe about this one, baby. I don't want. It's finally going to work she, out for him. But whatever it is, <laughs> she's she's a singer who sings for the Lost and the Lonely. She makes a killing. Doing whatever, that. yeah. I mean, that's definitely a very lucrative. Career. Um, but what I was to say was, is she basically? She's like, is she like, I could have a man, but I don't want one because I have a very high pressure, high paying mm. job that I need to focus on, and so I don't want the distraction of a man. Or is she like, I want a man. But I can't get one, so I'm gonna fill the void with all this other with with the. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is it a chicken or the egg? Is is, I think, is what I'm asking. <laughs> I think it's closer to the former. I think it's. Okay. I don't think it's that. I think she tells herself she doesn't have time for it. I think I think the pursuit of the glamour and the the all of the benefits of her high powered, high stress job mm-hmm. um, is the goal. Um, right. and that's why she sort of fills her life with work and with, with the glamorous life. Yeah. I mean, we also have to remember that she's Sheila E. Newman of the Mad Magazine Newmans. <laughs> that's so true. she's got, oh, she comes from old money. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, she might have, a she's driving mind. around in her brown car. She's like, print will be around forever. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do think. I think that she probably is an 80s lady who mm-hmm. has money of her own Definitely and is that. um and is and thinks she is content with that. Um 
but our our narrator thinks differently. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I um, think Rachel to your point this song kind of gets into a lot of um contemporary for the mid 80s kind of themes. It's about independence, it's mm-hmm. about wealth. There was in in the mid 80s there was this kind of obsession with materialism, yeah. obsession with with wealth and and status symbols. This is 1984, so this is around the time um opportunities, let's make lots of money was released. Right. This was around the time Material Girl was released. Um, this was, oh, Cindy Lauper, Money Changes Everything. There were so many songs about money. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that I think this is very top of mind and socially. Um, right. As well as the independence uh, element of it as well. Modern Girl. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's, and I think also in the 80s, independence and especially like like the independence of women in the 80s was connected with these status symbols and with wealth building and all of those things you know it wasn't just about not being in a relationship or making being your own person it was about how can i get these you know big ticket items that maybe previously were only available to men or through a connection with a man. Right. And this was this was the the Dallas era, you know, like where yeah. where wealth and where over the top wealth was celebrated. This is lifestyles of the rich and famous. Like everything in 80s popular culture was about this. Everyone was wearing their summer minks back then. <laughs> there were just brown cars as far as the eye could see. <laughs> yep. It's just so, it's so funny how like everything in pop culture back then was like money wealth like over the top all this stuff and then it was like but it's bad because she's sad you know what i mean like everything was like you should have as much money as possible but also as soon as you get it but it's not good though you guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah there is there is the the added commentary where it's it's a reflection of what culture was at the time and then there's the commentary of like is this really what we want is this the right. best thing but also like but then it's funny how like not not to get to the backstory but like you know it's like well she's got all this stuff she lives a glamorous life but without love it ain't much written by prince who i don't think was living paycheck to paycheck i think that guy probably had <laughs> i think he had some money so no, look, it's very you know easy I mean? to say when you yeah. have the money of course That's what I'm saying <laughs> when 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 you're super rich it's easy to be like but re- being rich ain't so great right <laughs> but, well yep. i'd like to at least try it prince you know what i mean <laughs> let's see what's on the other side of that uh, on the fence buddy <laughs> She saw him standing in the section marked, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, lingerie. That is a great line. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, 
First question is, is that an actual section? Maybe there's um, <laughs> yeah. yep. department stores I, I'm not rich enough to shop in, but that would be great if that literally was like, and here's the expensive lingerie, and here's the very expensive lingerie, and here's the, if you have to ask, you can't afford mm-hmm. it. Lingerie, but it's also on like a very Walmart sign, like hanging right above <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, like those menus yeah. that don't have prices on them. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It just says market price. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but he was standing in that lingerie section. She saw him. Yeah. In that lingerie section. So, what was he doing there? Uh, well, is this the second? Um. I always had difficulty with this because this the second line of this verse really tells it because the yeah. question is he uh you know is he working not at the is store work but working the store oh okay oh. well let's get into it let's get into it because okay well can I just say she threw him bread and by that you know this is Toast. the 80s yeah. So, well, well, they went to see Rocky Horror Picture Show and, <laughs> and throwing toast at the screen. No, the bread means money. Um, so she threw him bread. She and said, said she, "She said it's August, and I'm wearing I'm wearing a really heavy coat. I even have a toaster with me. I just like to stay as warm as possible. Would you like some toast? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just have a warm toaster on me at all times. Um, no, actually, if I just if you just put bread." Into this mint coat, um, <laughs> within toast? thirty seconds, it comes out toast. It's incredible. I it is so hot. This, yeah, this literally, <laughs> this is like physically impossible. What's happening? But I'm glamorous. Anyway, she says <laughs> she threw him. She bread wants to make and, some glamorous toast. She threw him bread and said, "Make me scream in the dark." So he said, "Okay." He took her to a haunted house. Um, <laughs> Uh, so she, okay, let's back up. She threw him bread. So Rachel, because I was about to say, like, why, why is she giving him money? But then I was thinking, well, maybe he works at the store. That's what I thought. He's working behind the counter. I'm going to pick you up and take you home. Right. But maybe, maybe you had something else that you were thinking. Well, I mean, there could, it could be, it could be taken two ways. One is that she made this connection with this guy who works in the lingerie department of the fancy store or. Right. Um, she going back to sort of what, uh, you know, what we were talking about previously, maybe she doesn't want that connection, but she doesn't want an emotional connection, but she wants a physical connection. So she's living the glamorous life by getting escorts. And it turns out this guy's like place to work is in the fancy lingerie store. Um, which smart, smart (laughs) sitting in the section marked. If you have to ask, you can't afford it lingerie. And, as like a as like a male escort, I mean, that's just that's that's knowing your demographic and proper <laughs> marketing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to put yourself in that location. And I so, so maybe I'm I'm not completely sold no, on it I'm because the even... last line is what could he say? So what it could be say? that she is approaching him and says, and and comes on to him and either. He does actually work at the store like he is employed by the store and she throws him money to buy some lingerie, but maybe throws him a little bit more and he can't say no to that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. I just got to punch out first. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I mean, I because the the she threw him bread is weird. Like, why is she paying him unless she's paying for the lingerie or like you said, he's an escort. But that, I, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how male escorts work. Like, I literally have no idea. So I don't know if this would be like a common thing to just like, find, like how would I I I, I don't know. It seems weird. The only it's thing the I can 80s. think of that they makes sense. They were all over the place. I guess so. <laughs> right. They were. They were. This was a lingerie store in Times Square. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Um. So I I have two things about this verse. Yes. First, the song, in the song, um. There's a pause. So, she says, "Make me scream." Pause. In the dark, what could he say? To me, it makes sense, like, make me scream, in, like, given the context of the song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, to make that one sentence. Yeah, but could it be, house. like, yeah, we're in the dark, there. what could he say? Right. Where he's just like, sure, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. He's in the dark. He said, well, I mean, oh, first of oh, all. I thought you were saying, like, because then she, what she did was she cut she the lights off all in the, light. yep. Yeah, she mm-hmm. cut the lights <laughs> off in the store. She was there to, to steal some lingerie. Right. Well, because if she's Catwoman. She's Catwoman. If he, this is a whole Batman he, thing. So he works in the store, right? I'm just going to throw this scenario out there. Then she's like buying lingerie. She's paying for it. And besides saying like, make me scream in the dark, she's basically like, why don't we, why don't we use the thing that I'm buying right now? Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, 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 that's part of it. And she's like, yeah. let's, so do you take me home? Make me scream in the dark. Or as Michael say, like make me scream. And then they're at home in the dark. What could he say? I mean, at that point, it's like, well, uh, what did you think was going to happen, dude? Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but, I mean, what, you just want to ride in that sedan? Come on. Come on, guy. <laughs> but I guess we, did we have, oh, no, I th- I'm sorry. I think, I'm actually thinking of a different time that we have not done, but um, that we may potentially do someday. But, like, I guess, because, yeah, the what could he say makes it seem like he's, um, that he's not like an escort, right? Because he's like, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, you're a very beautiful, rich woman. <laughs> Who's like, take me home and make me scream in the dark. He's like, okay, I mean, I'm not going to say no. Like, this right, is weird, right. but okay. I'm not going to turn this down. So, um, okay. So then. But the other mm-hmm. thing is um, he was standing in the section marked, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, lingerie. So that is a just a very cool line because it clearly wasn't marked that in reality. So it's it's just like you see a sign. You see, like, the brand. You you know, like, mm, this is going to cost a lot. But the other thing is, this maybe this isn't a fancy store. Maybe this is just, like, a regular department store that has, like, a fancy section. Because this is the section of the store where, like, if you have to ask, you, you can't afford it. Um, so maybe that's more about, like, the, the facade of glamour and and fanciness versus real glamour and fanciness like maybe the same part of her that's wearing you know her mink in the in the middle of the summer that's driving around in her mercedes sedan maybe she isn't all that glamorous but she's putting up the facade of glamour where it's like look at all this fancy stuff that i got you know at At sears exactly (laughs) but i got in the softer side of sears so it's fine (laughs) This is the fancy pennies. <laughs> this is a standalone JC Penny, not not one in the mall. Right. So this is this is fancy. Admittedly, this is more of like a 2022 thing, but I I don't know if you guys have seen the meme where it's like poor person and it's a guy in like 
flip flops and like a dirty, like dirty, like cargo shorts and like a dirty t-shirt. And he's got like a ratty hat on, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like walking down the street and then it's like middle class. And it's like a guy like, and you know, whatever. And like business casual. And then like rich guy. And it's like a guy in like a really nice suit. And then it's like, super rich guy and it's the same it's the first picture it's a guy (laughs) in like dirty (laughs) flip-flops like that's like when you get to a certain point you don't care about the mink coat and the lingerie and the sedan like you are rich enough where you're like i'm just gonna do whatever i want i don't need the outward symbols to prove to everyone how rich i am because i am that rich that it like you just you know either you know or i literally don't care if you know because i know that i am so obscenely rich that it doesn't matter so it's not that thing too where she's so obsessed with like oh does everyone see me in this lingerie section that's like where the lingerie is super expensive. You know what I mean? Like she's constantly thinking about that. Right. Yeah. As opposed to just being rich and glamorous. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She's not quite at the level yet where she's just going to go to space and prove how rich she is that way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, she she so, has to prove it here on Earth. Right. So anyway, so uh, what can he say? Um, then this is her quoting. She says, boys with small talk and small minds really don't impress me in bed. Um, I guess what maybe she's saying is like, you know, like, what are you, a rocket scientist? Like, that don't impress me much. I mean, that could be kind of... <laughs> no, I... Kind of, yeah, uh-huh. it, go, no, go ahead. It, it is weird. <laughs> no, I'm with kidding. The, with the next line, it is, it is weird. Um, well, that's, and, well, that's actually the inverse. a rocket scientist would impress her much, it sounds like, but, but maybe not. Well, that was, that's, I mean, that's, that's, this is the inverse. Cause as I've always said to Shania, I understand what you're saying. That's all about the love and the connection. But I mean, being a rocket scientist is pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, cause she's like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm looking for like someone who's going to, you know, have a real connection with. She's actually almost saying the opposite where she's like, I don't, I, I need someone who's like a man's man, baby, diamond and furs. Love would only conquer my head. So she's almost like, I don't want someone who's all touchy feely. I want this to be. Totally physical. I went diamonds and furs and all that glamorous stuff because if I fall in love, I'm in trouble. I want right. to. I will not be able to focus on the glamorous life if I have anything that's like m- more than just a surface relationship. Yeah, it's not going. That love is not going to get me diamonds and furs. A man's exactly. man will provide those things for me because no. it's 1984 and the most attractive men have slick back hair and terrible <laughs> suits. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, it, so it, it is, it is weird because those lines don't make sense together when she's talking about boys with small talk and small minds. Though I guess, though I guess what she's saying is, if you have a small mind and you you just have small talk, you don't have these bigger plans and ambitions. Right. That's not going to help anything. You can yeah, you yeah. can make all the small talk and pillow talk that you want. But that's not going to get me anywhere because I need because this mink is ruined because I wore it in the summer. So I need another one. <laughs> like I only got one. So and I just keep wearing I, it every day. Again, I need a lightweight mink. I don't know that they yeah. make those, but I need one. I cannot begin to explain the smell of this thing could wake the dead. You got to understand how bad this is. It um, would have smelt better if it stayed on the mink and was decomposing <laughs> at the moment. That's how bad this thing smells. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, let's do it. Hardcore <laughs> right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's basically like, I need a master of the universe. I need a man's man. Yeah. A guy who's, who's going to give me diamonds and furs. Love and only conquer my head. Um, so in some ways, she, like we were saying, she is actively avoiding it. She's right. actively avoiding falling in love. Um, so she wants to lead the glamorous life. She don't need a man's touch. She wants to lead the glamorous life. Without love, it ain't much. They made haste in the brown sedan. So they are out they're like they're in the like the the alleyway of this store. <laughs> like they didn't even make it home. Um they made haste in the brown to sedan. No, they, they drove they, they drove away. Oh no, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry, you're yeah, right. Yeah. They're driving fast in the brown sedan. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. I take that back. So they made they they made haste in the brown sedan. They drove to fifty five <laughs> Secret Street. Do you remember where you parked? It's 1984. There's nothing but brown cars. <laughs> right. I can't find my car. Uh. Um, it's also literally a secret. This is a secret street. I don't know. Um, oh, they did. They drove to 55 Secret Street. That is yeah, yeah. like the best address for a rendezvous. Oh, so good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Secret Street also definitely sounds like, like a British soap opera from the 80s. You know what I mean? Like one of the- <laughs> yep. One of those ones that's like been on the air for thirty-four years and, and has like twenty oh, episodes. Yeah. What was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! You got Rachel. British television. Get it together, British television. Take that, Coronation Street. <laughs> exactly. So they drove to fifty-five Secret Street. They made love, and by the seventh wave, she knew she had a problem. Ooh. I just want to. I just, I want to say one thing. Girlfriend! Oh, yeah! Man, Seven. Oh, man. Seven. Um, I mean, I, seven. here's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm not even a woman. A I'm not even. Seven. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, now she definitely needs that Gatorade. If she, she didn't need it before. Off. She's going to need a day off. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to need a, she's one of those inflatable pillows. But here's what I want to say. Um, I'm not even a woman, and I'll say this: if you if you got seven, you hold on to that guy, like whatever it takes. You got to nail him down. You have you have discovered a diamond in the rough. Um, you yeah, this is this is everything. So or, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's seven times, or maybe it's just as Monica Geller in Friends told us, it's just the seven <laughs> erogenous zones. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe that's what it is. Um. Or by, I mean, again, maybe, maybe she just has like, like a wave pool in her in her bedroom. Somehow. I mean, it's probably it's like a it's probably just a water the seventh bed. the seventh wave. Yeah, it's a water you know bed. I, mean? I think right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Um, that's all there were: water beds and brown sedans. Yep. Exactly. Oh yeah, and oh, water maybe beds it's a water and brown bed. sedans. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is the, it's the seventh wave of the water bed? It's yeah. just really. <laughs> 
It's really going in there. Um, she thought real love is real scary. Money only pays the rent. Love is forever. That's all your life. Ooh, that's love is love is heaven sent. It's glamorous. So I'm not quite sure what decision she has come to. Because then shift. it seems like because the, then she's like then they're like lead the glamorous life. Like, you know, I, I think basically they're like the glamorous life is this life of love, and that's what she's doing now. But yes. I don't, but I don't know if she. But she's like, love is scary, and it doesn't pay the rent. She doesn't seem like she comes to a conclusion. But I think it's that it's it. No, I think she comes to a conclusion. I think the twist is it, it, money only pays the rent, so it doesn't fulfill oh. and doesn't pay. It, it money does not pay your emotional rent. I got you. <laughs> you know, you know. Rachel, yeah, um, nice. I love where I love where this is going. I want to buy your DVD of your. <laughs> um, look for my app, you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's subscription based, mm. but yeah, no, I think it's this is th- this is your version of who stole my cheese. <laughs> That's right. Is how to pay the emotional rent. Yes, how to pay your yeah, emotional yeah. rent. So I In seven easy steps. She when she says she knew she had a problem. The problem is that the way she has been living her life, she can't live it anymore. Because she's fallen in love. Yeah. I love it. Uh, with this seven-time dude. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, again. And, and that's it. Like, that's love is forever. That's, that's your life. It's, yeah. you know, it's heaven sent. And now I'm just saying yeah. with lyrics. But um, that's what well, it is. Again, there yeah. is a twist. That is, the, that is the beginning, middle, end of this story song is that she is now now a glamorous life to her is love. That's the you thing. know what real like, life is? It's that baby on your hip. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Absolutely. What she's saying is she's, um, and she learned this from Marlena Dietrich, falling in love again, never wanted to. Uh, what am I to do? Mm, Can't right. help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now I'm just wondering, do you think she's been to Georgia? I'm not I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's certainly um, been to Nice. I mean, what's great the is the, what's great is I had not actually thought about this this moment. There is, a, there is something of a twist in the song where she wants to leave, she wants to lead the glamorous life, right? And she yes. thought she was. Yes. But now, in fact, she's leading the glamorous life, which is a life of love because it's heaven, heaven sent. And love is glamorous. Yes. That's that's what's really glamorous. Yeah. Is is that now somewhere between n- number 6 and number 7, she began living the glamorous life. Yes. For the first time ever. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the end of the Material Girl video where she has everything until she has the guy with the old truck. Yep, that's right. Mm. Oh, and it's a brown truck. <laughs> oh yeah it's a mercedes truck <laughs> she's like wait a minute this is too glamorous <laughs> um what about the lesson so then, i just learned so then she says lead the glamorous life she don't need a man's touch she wants to lead a glamorous life without levity much then it says it one more time and then what i love here is in michael's summary it says repeat chorus four times drum solo yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and repeat I'm for sorry. seven more minutes As the we discussed- album version of this song is nine minutes yeah. long. Yeah. 
as 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 we discussed before we turned the mics on, Rachel and I, this song is is like a is like a guest who doesn't want to leave. It just <laughs> keep, like the song is over. It's been over for three minutes yeah. and it's still happening. Um, although I love every second of it. Don't get me wrong. And there is nothing better than like a forty five second solo where the guy is just going nuts on the sax. Oh, I mean, man. just like yeah. Come on. I love everything about it. So And I mean it's, it's fantastic. The last five minutes of the song are it consists of incredibly impressive Sheila E. drumming. So oh, yes. Yeah. It's great. I mean that's true. I mean it makes sense that you're gonna have it because it's Sheila E. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, at the same yeah, time, yeah. the album version of this song feels like, is this the extended version that they released to clubs? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. No, it is or, nine minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, did the did the guy running the board, like, did he fall asleep? Did Is he not telling them <laughs> to cut? Like, what's happening? Where Sheila E's like, I'm going to, you know what, until he says cut, I'm playing these drums. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm a pro. I'm not going to stop <laughs> until I hear him say, stop. Uh... All right, anything else on this song? It's a great then song. let's do great song. Let's do Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe. Well, I'll say this. I mean, they are, she's next door neighbors with Modern Girl. Right? I was wondering if Did, she is Modern Girl. Is she Modern Girl? So remind me how Modern Girl ends, though. Does she also find love? No. Does modern girl end up no she doesn't no find she any love? she tells the guy to get lost that's right this is that's like right. the sequel hmm. this is the modern girl sequel yeah or maybe she's like best friends with modern girl and she was like well, that's what i'm saying that that makes sense she she goes over to modern girl's house and she's like no i think they i think <laughs> they definitely <laughs> let me tell you right yeah. i think they definitely run in the same circles yeah because well because the thing with modern girl was that she didn't i mean she was a modern girl unquestionably mm-hmm. um but she didn't lead a glamorous life like she wanted to get no, her pjs just, and yeah she wanted and to watch, watch tv, TV. that's Which, the thing let's be honest that sounds pretty glamorous right now and that's what i'm yeah. saying oh, yeah. that's what i'm saying so, so i know it, it's not really the same thing yeah she like in some ways modern girl is like the actualized version of gl like yeah. she's like i'm over it i don't need money or the guy i just want to sit home and watch dynasty she don't build her world around no single man that's what i'm saying so um yeah i think i mean it, you know look uh, different strokes for different folks yeah like yeah. It, it if if everyone's happy i mean i think if modern girl i'm just gonna say it i think if she found a guy who who seven times i mean she <laughs> might feel differently i'll just say that <laughs> Maybe she maybe she hasn't quite found the right yeah. guy. If you get my drift. Um, so then, but anyway, your yeah. your advice to modern girl is like, if you just settle down, like if you just meet right. a nice guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'll appreciate um, that. Um, absolutely. I think that um, our, our glamorous lady uh, at least knows fancy. I feel like they live like it. nearby. <laughs> Like, because Fancy has like an elegant New York townhouse flat, and I feel like that's kind of where, where. Uh, I mean, I think well, when you, I think yeah. I think GL and Fancy. I'm sorry to interrupt. But I think GL and Fancy they probably do run the same circles because I would say they're they're new money. Well, right. I mean, I was gonna say, Michael. I thought for sure you were gonna say that Fancy is glamorous life. Is nope, GL. because anytime I say that, you guys pounce, and but I'm this, not getting involved in that. But that this was the one time it worked. 
Because when we were yeah. asking how she made her money, I saw your eyes light up, buddy. Mm-hmm. No, I know how she made her money. How? So uh, the lady from She Loves to Hear the Music gets promoted time after time after time, <laughs> and she is okay. a high-powered 1980s record executive. Okay, all right. I like that. I like yeah. that. I mean, I was going to say it's the 80s, so I was just going to say, I don't know, junk bonds? I don't know how those work. <laughs> but, I don't know how those work, but everybody but it had sounds them. sounds like... Yeah, I mean, I assume it's like you give money to like a guy who takes away junk from what I understand, like those those junk collector guys. So you just, I assume that's I, just I to assume do with you it. have bonds and then you throw them away and then money shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's how junk right? bonds work, right? That's, a, that's how it works, right? It makes sense. I don't know. Um, yeah. In fairness, uh, I don't know how bonds work. So putting junk in front of it just muddles it up more Literally. for me. <laughs> yeah. You could literally put any adjective in front of it and it wouldn't help. I don't know what you're talking about. The, this, de- I mean, 100%, 100% this takes place on the cheating side of town. Yeah, that's now, where 55, 55 Secret, Secret Street, Street is. is the is the heart. Totally. 55 Secret that's, Street that's is the, the capital heart. of the cheating side yes, of town. Yes, the heart of cheating side of town. That is cheating side of town, Main Street. Yeah. So I, I potentially have, a, have a, a, maybe an upsetting thought for GL. Oh, jeez. Which is, um, she met him in the lingerie section, right? Mm-hmm. Was he there to buy lingerie for someone else? Mm-hmm. Is she his part-time lover? <gasps> Ooh, Ooh, I like that. I do like that. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Okay. I like that mostly because I love that song, but yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Go. Yeah, I'll go with that. And that does I'm make it saying. a little heartbreaking because he's just saying it. That's it, my cat is meowing like crazy. But <laughs> I, that works because that's upsetting for her because then it's the he only sees her as a part time lover. Right. She found that's love and she can't. Oh, good gosh. Well, unless, of course, the person that he was otherwise involved with was Patches and he's like, hey, I'm free now. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So I think we agree she made her money um by getting promoted as a record record executive in She Loves to Hear the Music. I, like I would that. absolutely yes, I like that. that. Yes. Yeah. But I yeah. she absolutely invests with the guys from opportunities, right? Oh yeah. She sees yeah, them in, she sees them in the clubs all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. She he had problems with his car and uh, she's she, like, I have a brown she's sedan. She's like, I have a brown. I'll tell you what, I never have a problem with my Mercedes <laughs> brown Mercedes sedan. The problem is that your car is not brown. You have right. to paint your car brown. That's the issue. <laughs> That's the- How do you have a not brown car in 1984? What color yeah, yeah. is that even? Uh, I don't blue? even think that's. I, I that's not a color. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't a see. A car that. could be blue. A car could be blue. <laughs> <laughs> I think. So what if I'm gonna I'm gonna flip, uh, Dan, what you said. What flip the if, script, baby. Flip it. Flip it. We're going to flip it. Flip it for real. Let's do it. If she's, um, maybe they are part-time lovers, but um, maybe she takes him away from her, from his girlfriend. Maybe yeah. she's Jolene. <gasps> oh. oh. Wow. Like okay. That. And he yeah. cannot resist glamorous Jolene. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll say this. Jolene, not the most glamorous of names. Not the most uh, glamorous, glamorous of names. Jolene, 
Michael, yeah, I think it's pretty. There is not one Jolene that owns a brown Mercedes sedan in 1984. There is not a single Jolene who knows how junk bonds work. Let's just say that. <laughs> what? Let me ask you this. What character in Wall Street is named Jolene? <laughs> you find me a Jolene in Wall Street and I will agree with you. But she's her name is not Jolene, but she could definitely be Jolene-esque. Yeah, I think it's no, Jolene. Yeah. Um, when she walks into the, um, I think we agreed it was a freestanding JCPenney. Yeah, <laughs> yes. She walks into to buy You're like, can we all get agreement? Can yeah, we all get agreement? We're on the same page. Cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. So I think uh, she was definitely walking in there in a black dress, um, being a long, cool woman. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Although black dress, she- brown sedan. And, I don't know. And mink in the summertime. So yeah. long, hot yeah. woman in a brown dress, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Or it's a black so, dress that she washed too many times, and it started to, to fade a little bit. So mm-hmm. like it sort of looks brown. Yeah. So I think GL, right, she starts out in the glamorous life, but she falls in love, and then her life goes in a very different direction. <laughs> right. A very, a very maybe like... Focus on like the domestic side of life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? No, I'm just saying this her and her new boyfriend, Bajagaloop, settled down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, Bajagaloop. I am so a- happy we got that in the expanded wow. universe. They yeah. have a couple dozen kids. That's yeah. right. Um, and she's like, oh and, my you know, gosh. I mean, she's got some money so they could build a big house with 50 rooms. Yeah. But there's a kid in every single one. But it doesn't stop them. They can't get a moment's peace. No, But it doesn't stop them seven times. Seven times. Are you kidding me? (laughs) They're going to move heaven and earth (laughs) to do that. Uh, And he asks her, why are you always hanging out on the stoop? Do you know how hot it is in that house (laughs) with this coat on in the summer? This is a breeze out here. Well, you know what you could do? Don't. Do, do not, not tell me to take the coat off. Don't. We're not having this fight again. <laughs> no. We're not having this fight again. I'm not taking the coat off. Just accept it, Bajakaloo. <laughs> what else do you want? You want me to not walk around with a toaster oven? Because that's not going to happen. <laughs> we to buy a not brown car. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Storyman the Story. Hey, guys, if you're at work, you're on your feet all day, or you're behind a desk, guess what? You need some great socks, right? You want socks mm-hmm. that are going to look good, they're going to feel good, because your feet are the foundation of everything you're going to do all day. And let me tell you a great place to get socks, boldfoot.com, okay? It's 100% American-made, and your feet are going to feel good, and guess what? Your heart is going to feel good, because mm-hmm. 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities they're family and veteran owned and they have amazing bold patterns and bold names like bricklayer firecracker and jailbird and they have any kind of sock that you could need they have athletic socks dress socks and they even have compression socks absolutely guys everybody needs socks you don't want to think about it but you want some good socks when you're when you're getting out of the shower in the morning you got to put some socks on your uh, uh, your feet Let's get some nice looking, some mm-hmm. nice feeling socks on there. Don't okay? me- no messy socks. No messy no. feet. No. You want bold feet, right. not messy feet. You know what? My days are already looking up because the <laughs> socks are looking good. Go to boldfoot.com. That's B-O-L-D-F-O-O-T.com. Grown here, sewn here. Thank you to Boldfoot for sponsoring this episode of the Story Song Podcast. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be a part of our lives? <laughs> Michael. Yes. Please tell us the story of the story song. Please. Well, the answer is um, I was driving in my brown sedan. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, no, that's not me. I don't live the glamorous life. Um, so the song is performed by Sheila E. Do you think Sheila? Hold on. Do you think Sheila E was annoyed that Prince gave someone else a a, uh, a little red Corvette? <laughs> and she got, she, a got a brown, she got a brown sedan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I feel song. I feel worse for the third person. Here's like, the what thing. the hell am I supposed to do with this beret? Here's, oh well, I know. <laughs> they got cars. They both got cars. I asked for a thing. car. I get I get a hat. <laughs> the sedan is the sensible choice you know yeah, what i mean right. like that yeah, that yeah. little red corvette first of all it's, it's gonna break down it's gonna constantly be in the shop you're gonna get like pulled over by cops and it's gonna be a hassle the sedan is is the way to go yeah. but i'm just saying you know what's she like why do i why do i get a brown sedan you want to know all. why because sheila e is so cool that prince just figured yeah. she'd make it her own she'd make that's it kicky. true that's true you know anyway, and in Michael, the mid 80s brown sedans were pretty sweet <sighs> yeah well, anyway, we should have talked about that last segment, Michael. <laughs> I mean, you we got talked, exactly. We talked a lot about brown sedans in the last segment. Yeah. I was so. I was about to go into <laughs> how you know the 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 economics between between right. the brown sedan versus the little red Corvette. You the, know what I'm saying? The moment yeah. they get like, either of them, the moment they they roll off the the uh, dealer's lot, they've lost some you know, some of their... Oh, absolutely. No, I just mean, like, you know, like, the really rich person is in, like, the nondescript, like, black SUV. You know what I (laughs) mean? Because they don't want to be seen. Yeah. They don't want to drive... If they drive in a little red Corvette, people are going to realize it's them. So, anyway. (laughs) Michael, you got four words... Hold on. You got four words into (laughs) your research. Sheila E. was. Um, (laughs) Please Please continue. You know what they don't tell you? It was a previously owned brown sedan. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. It's a certified yeah. refurbished brown sedan. Um, anyway, so uh, Sheila E., um, owner of a brown sedan and singer of this song, was born Sheila Cecilia Escovedo in Oakland, California on December 12th, 1957, which is close to Christmas. Is that, is that hard? hard? <laughs> um, <laughs> she was born into a musical family. Her father is Latin jazz percussionist Pete Escovedo. Her uncles mm-hmm. are also musicians. And her godfather is a little-known indie musician named Tito Puente. Tito, Tito Puente! Tito Puente! He's ready to give up the drudgery of the professional mambo circuit and settle into a nice teaching job. Man, it will be my pleasure. In an interview with AARP, her father said, quote, I knew she was going to be something at an early age. She'd crawl up to drums and beat on them. And anything that was musical on TV, she'd get all excited and dance to the rhythm. He encouraged her to play the violin rather than to struggle as a percussionist as he did. So that's just mm. how musical a family. That's really uh, funny. They were in not like, look, you've got to you got to do something stable, like play the yeah. violin. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Right. I like that the violin was the stable choice. Yeah. It's like you really struggle as a percussionist. The real like accountant of the music world is the violinist. <laughs> that was the fallback position. You don't want right. to chase those percussion dreams. Right. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I, maybe 1950-whatever, early 1960s was different, but yeah, I mean, it's the violin that much more no. in demand than, hold on, let me think, the drums? <laughs> I feel like the drums are pretty popular yeah. last time I checked. And also, the drums go with anything. And you could have drums in like, a rock band or like uh, uh, an orchestra. Yeah, but we're not you know even I mean? we're not even talking about drums, like a drum kit. We're talking about percussion. Like her okay. her father was a percussionist, like not just a, like a drummer on a drum kit, like Keith Moon. Like it's he's talking. I don't want you to do any sort of percussion. You know that thing that every <laughs> music everywhere right. needs, like you know the rhythm. You should be um, a violinist. Why? I don't the know. Se- it's easier to carry around. <laughs> the second the second funny part about this bullet point is uh not to spoil it, but uh she's a drummer. <laughs> so uh you failed there, Papa. Yeah. Sorry. But no and, and hold on, I do want to say, as a father, rookie mistake. Cause what mm-hmm. you do is you force her to play the drums and then she'll go to violin. Right. If you try to force her to go to violin, she of course is going to React the opposite direction. So always push them towards the things you don't want, and then they will, they will quote unquote rebel against you and do what you want. It's it's the perfect plan. Trust me. Yeah, but if he if he forced her to play the drums, he would have eventually been like, oh, you're Sheila E, so you're you're pretty good right. at this. You'll so be fine. You'll be fine. You're not you're not you're not going to want to play the violin. <laughs> yeah. Um. So her uh first public performance was playing drums with her father at age five for an audience of 3,000. Small gig. Yeah, you know. Um, Sheila E. became a professional musician and began performing with her family as a teenager, and at 15, she was on tour with her father. She joined the George Duke Band in 1977. Uh, She also toured with other indie artists like Marvin Gaye and Lionel Richie. (laughs) Sure. Wow. (laughs) Not the Commodores, just Lionel Richie? I yes, I believe just Lionel Richie. Okay. I mean, 
I mean, I feel like the Commodores probably had a drummer, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I don't know if they... They were like, what we really need is a violinist. So, <laughs> it's sorry. too bad. She's like, no! Oh, so close. <laughs> Should I listen to my father? We're auditioning violinists for the Commodores? Mm, well, <laughs> do you need a percussionist? No, we don't need a percussionist. <laughs> we're the Commodores. <laughs> oh, and her father and her uncle also played uh, with just indie artists all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Santana. <laughs> Uh, I like that you're sticking with this joke, Michael. Don't let anyone tell you it's played out. Keep going. Anytime, anytime there's a famous person, say they're an indie artist. I feel like you're trying time. to get me to do the opposite. <laughs> no, what? Never. I would never do that. I'll never forget. I've, I've seen Santana once in my life, and it was walking mm-hmm. down Fifth Avenue, and he was standing outside what I'm assuming was a record company, and I literally was walking down the street, and I just pointed at him and said, hey, it's Santana, and kept walking. How <laughs> <laughs> is it? I said out loud, Carlos <laughs> Santana. I pointed at the man, at a musical legend, and said, yeah. hey, that's Santana, and kept walking like an idiot. Yeah. That's my Santana story. I'm sure he's telling the story on his podcast. I hope so. Yeah. I, Some lady I liked walked it. past me and just said, hey, it's Santana. I like to th- like I didn't I like, know. I like to think he had like an existential crisis right after that, <laughs> where he was like, "Yes, but who is Carlos Santana?" Man, he was just like, "But am I?" <laughs> exactly. Um, in some way, aren't we all? Yeah, Santana? aren't we all Carlos Santana? Um, Rob yeah. Thomas asks himself that every day <laughs> when she started working with musicians outside of her family. Um, as a woman working as a percussionist in those days, uh, it was yeah. not common. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to deal with harassment and not being taken seriously, as you could imagine in those days. Sure. Um, so according to an interview with The Guardian, she said, quote, My parents would encourage me to keep playing, learning, and going into the situation with confidence. I got to the point where I was like, you can't tell me anything. I know I'm good. I'm going to play. Let's do this. Love it. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's just awesome. Anyway, now she's known as the queen of percussion. Heck yeah. In a 2014 Time Magazine article, Sheila E. explains how she met Prince, who wrote Glamorous Life. Oh. Which is the song we're reviewing. So Prince was influenced by Bay Area music and went there to record his first album, which was released in 1978. At the time, her father was in Santana and they were at the studio. She says, quote, they were talking about this young kid who was next door recording and producing and playing all the instruments by himself. They were like, this kid is amazing. And I said, oh, I want to meet him. The following year, after Prince's first album was released, he was back in the Bay Area doing a concert. And Sheila E. says, quote, I went backstage to meet him, and as I went to introduce myself, I put my hand out, and he saw me in the mirror, and he turned around, and he said, I already know who you are, and I was like, oh, okay. He goes, I've been following your career for a long time. Wow. I mean, Prince is a guy, like, I mean, I guess every musician is this, but he just seemed like a guy, he just, like, he knew everything. He knew everything was going on. Yeah. He knew the obscure stuff. He knew the hot, like, he just would be like, you know, he was he was into the into the Bengals like before they were famous. He just like heard a song and was just like, oh, I I I got I got to, I, and then like I guess if you're Prince too, 
Like, I hear a song that I like, and I'm not like, you know what I should do? Fly to where this band is and meet them. I don't, yeah. I just don't think that. But I guess if you're Prince, you can. But he just, he seemed like he was always up on. Well, stuff, I also wonder if. Great. I also wonder if even in the beginning of his career, people understood who Prince was, who Prince was going to be. And so they would bring things to Prince, knowing that as a producer, songwriter, musician, he had an ear for these things. And so he was given a lot of different types of music and so was able to be this sort of clearinghouse for different artists that he just knew everybody. Right. I mean, I'm sure that's true, but I, just, I, but like you said, I mean, he just had an ear where he just like would hear something and just be like, oh, because not only would he be like, that's good, he'd be like, oh, you two should get together or whatever. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he was like a king. He was like a matchmaker. And I got to say the best like I met Prince story has to be when he says, I've been following your career. Yeah. 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 If, at yeah. that point, you're kind of an unknown He's, artist. When yeah. he steps through the mirror. From right. Like, like Alice. When <laughs> he steps it, yeah. through the mirror and says, I've been following your career. When he appears as if from nowhere. Yes. But like, that's what I mean. She wasn't famous. Right. Right. Like he knows the like the 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 uh, I can't say the word percussionist. He knows the percussionist doing like whatever in, you know, some random thing. Yeah. Like he just like, he, you know, he strikes me as a guy. <coughs> Excuse me. He's talking to the guy. If I can use baseball as a metaphor, he's just like, oh yeah, that guy who's like the third catcher or whatever. Right. And you're like, how do you know that guy's name? <laughs> like, I don't understand how you know that. But he like, he just seems like he knew everything that was going sure. on in music. Yeah, and I, I think Dan, to your point, like in addition to knowing, just knowing the the music scene and and knowing who could work together and who he wanted to work with and and the sounds that that influenced him. He also had an ear for, um, this is, I could write a song for this band. Like, with the Bengals as an example. Like, I could write a song for them, and it's not this song, it's this song. You know, this isn't a Prince song, this is this is a song for, uh, I'll write it for Apollonia 6. Like, no, it's not for them. This is, this is the Bengals. The Bengals sound matches this song. So he could write for a specific sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, <laughs> that's that's my takeaway on that one. <laughs> it's my hot take. Yeah. So although Sheila E. is often seen as Prince's protege, she told Time, quote, I think we influenced each other. Yeah. She introduced Prince to her family, and he heard them play together. They played Latin jazz music, quote, and he'd never heard it before. He was like, this is just crazy. This is amazing. He loved it. We mentored each other. If you want to look at it that way, she said. Wow. So it is true. Everybody sort of looks at like he found, you know, he he made Sheila E and he, you know, but it sound it really does sound like he just knew everyone, you know, he knew of her and they just yeah. like were in the same, they, they, they found each other in each other's orbit. Yeah. And I think to her point, they definitely had an influence on each other. Yeah. Um, so this is when their professional association began. Um, she opened for Prince on his Purple Rain tour. Um, she sang on the track Erotic City, which was the B-side to Let's Go Crazy. Classic. Yeah. Um, Prince wrote uh, Glamorous Life, the first single from Sheila E.'s first album. He also produced the album. It was Sheila E.'s first single, 
and the title track from the first album. The single was released on May 2nd, 1984. The album was released on June 5th, 1984. And how, how long did Apollonia 6 have it before he gave it to <laughs> Shilly? Roughly I feel like you're going to start 32 the minutes. Just, <laughs> hashtag justice for Apollonia 6 or whatever, Rachel. You're really... Wanna, I don't want to say it, but I mean, listen... <laughs> Feels like they got Look. the short end of the stick here. <laughs> I mean, can I tell you? He would just bring a bunch of songs and be like, hey, look at these songs. No. Okay, you done looking? Take them Bye. away. Yeah. yeah. And have them. I think you should do these songs. Just kidding. I'm going to give them to everybody else who will make them famous. I'm I wrote Prince. these songs for you, but they're not right for you, so I'm not going to give them to you. Bye-bye. Bye. And then he turns around and fades back into the mirror. <laughs> um. So the album, Glamorous Life, she told Billboard in 2016, was completed in a week. We'd stay up until five and six in the morning, she said, recording, uh, go home for a couple of hours, come back and start playing again. Next thing you know, seven days later, the record's done. Wow. So uh, Rome was not built in a day, but (laughs) the Glamorous Life album was recorded in a week. Uh Um, Her record company, here's the uh, tale as old as time. Her record company wanted her to release The Bell of St. Mark as the first single. And as a side note, The Bell of St. Mark was the second single, and it was also a hit. The album only has six tracks. That is because the Glamorous Life album version is nine minutes long. Yeah. And it really sneaks up on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a (laughs) lot of you think it's over, but it's not. A lot. (laughs) But it's great. It's it doesn't it doesn't feel like a nine minute long song. A lot of jump drum. There's a lot of saxophone. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun song. The thing you the thing you want at the start of a song is. Sounds like the saxophone player is being murdered. But also his <laughs> saxophone is in his mouth, so he's screaming, but he's just going, because that goes on for a full 45 seconds yeah. at the top of the song. <laughs> Look, it's great. I'm just saying that's it's it's an unusual technique where it just, uh, yeah. But what what's cool is the album version also ends with the sax. Right. Whereas the single version. Yes. Well, I don't know. The, does the single version start out. with. There's the single, but I don't. The single version starts like when the drums come in. I'm talking to like that album version. It's just like ambient noise, and then it's like bow, 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 bow. like the saxophone is not playing any notes. First of all, Dan, just, spot it, on. It's just spot it's on. just squealing. It's just, but it's making like a squealing. I, mean, I think that's just. Noise. A, I think that's just a saxophone, Dan. I'm not saying this no, is tapa tapa no, no. like all over again. No, no. no. <laughs> um, no, I look. I I think it actually sounds cool, but I'm just saying it's it's not something you often. The hear. single starts with the saxophone. On it goes right? Maybe there's sax know. in the beginning. I don't I don't know if it's as long as it's probably edited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so Dan hates tap dancing and saxophone, oh which God. means wow. don't hate saxophone. I think saxophone. Oh. I think I I will say this. I will say this. Yeah. To get myself in trouble, officially. <laughs> I think saxophone, the saxophone, 
has ruined more songs than it is. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> like Careless Whisper? take. I look, there are Hot sometimes take. when the saxophone is great. Careless Whisper, right? Okay. There are sometimes there are sometimes when the saxophone is great. But there most of the time I'm just like, you didn't need this. Wow. <laughs> the sax wow. solo. That's all I'm gonna say. And sometimes it's sometimes it helps. But I think <laughs> I think on the whole, if you look at the career stats of the saxophone, I think it has hurt more than it has helped. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, I guess this is a bad time to let you guys know that I was going to do a uh, uh, tap dance number while playing Glowworm on the saxophone <laughs> I mean, uh, for our podcast well, talent show. Well, I'd love to see our <laughs> podcast. Just the three of us. We're the only people in it. We, we just do talent show stuff for each other. Oh, my God. Oh, We're God. bringing back vaudeville, like, little yeah. by little. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, One talent show at a time. So you're telling me, Dan, that the um, the tour that Clarence Clemens and Savion Glover did together, that you were not <laughs> going to that. That's what you're saying. I No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to that. It's just, the, you know. What was that? A bunch of tappa tappa and a bunch of squealing? <laughs> a bunch of squickety squawks? <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes the, the saxophone. saxophone. To be clear, sometimes the saxophone can sound very nice. Saxophone, saxophone. And I have no problem with tap dancing. I just think it's weird that somebody decided to put clickety clack stuff on their shoes, and everyone acted like that was a thing. It's not a thing. I'm sorry, it's just not a thing. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move. On. I will never move on. <laughs> <laughs> So in a 2019 interview, this is, we were, hours ago, we were talking about how the record company wanted a different song to be the first yes, one she won yes, a glamorous life. Right. Okay, so mm-hmm. in a 2019 interview with Billboard, Sheila E. said, quote, I really thought and believed that Glamorous Life should be the first single. I featured a lot of percussion on Glamorous Life. It was a dance track. True. I was able to play a solo, and I just thought that it was important to showcase me as an artist. And when it hit the charts, it was a moment to remember. Mm-hmm a good point she's right um and it did hit the charts in the u.s the song went to number seven on the billboard hot 100 number nine on the r&b chart and number one on the dance club songs chart internationally uh in canada it went to number three in australia number 11 and in the uk number 96 at the 27th annual grammy awards in february of 1985 the song received two nominations best pop vocal performance female uh for the glamorous life single it lost to What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Okay. Mm, tough category. Tough beat. That's yeah. tough. Um, Buddy. Well, because also, uh, also, not to say the obvious, but Tina Turner was on her comeback tour. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. What's Love Got to Do With It is a fantastic song, but it was more of a, of a you know, a career You're not going to not give it to Tina Turner. They're not going to right. not give it to Tina Turner. Yeah. So, you know. I think as a rule, like if Tina Turner is up for an award, give her the award because she's awesome. Yeah. That's just the rule. Right. But I mean, she was, she was out of the industry, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then she came back and it was a big hit song again. But yeah. Th- that my point being that huge. you anyway. weren't going to beat it. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't going to beat that story. So right. it didn't. All right. Continue. Okay. Um, so uh, she was also nominated for best R&B song for the Glamorous Life single. Um. Funny thing, uh, she mm-hmm. lost to uh, Prince 
the songwriter for I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. So he just keeps on either keeping people out of the number one spot or just taking away Grammys from them, huh? Well, I think the Grammy would have gone to him. Oh, that's a good point. Right, he would have got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. He beat himself. He lost to himself. <clears throat> yeah. The only thing I have to say is I'm just so glad that I feel it for you is not a story song, so we don't have to do it. <laughs> this is the story of someone who feels for you. <laughs> that night, she also received uh, two additional Grammy Award nominations, so she had four in total. Um, she was nominated for Best New Artist, uh, nominated alongside uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Corey Hart, The Judds, and lost to Cindy Lauper. Yeah, oh, it's a tough. That's, that's another tough, tough beat. Yeah, I'm. Tough uh, beat. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm kind of surprised out of all of those people that Corey Hart didn't win, because Cindy Lauper had a career <laughs> that's <sounds> terrible. <laughs> had a long career, and the best new artist is known as like a you know, a, 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 a can be a bit of a curse. <clears throat> I'm gonna say just the fact that are you saying something about Men at Work? That's not Men at Work. Men at Work won Best New Artist. Oh, no, I'm Didn't saying... I? Yeah, but Cindy Lauper also won Best New Artist. I'm saying that a lot of times the person who won Best New Artist is like, oh, they're so great, and I'm sorry, that's that's all for you. Starland Vocal Band. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's all that's you need saying. to know about that award. No, it's definitely hit or miss. You know, this I this mean, was a year get, that, it, that it hit. That's what but... I was saying. People get down on the Grammys because they suck. What was my point? Oh, <laughs> no, it's hard. It's... <laughs> It's hard to, it's 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 hard to it's hard to know. You know, you see you see, a Frankie goes to Hollywood, and you think to yourself, these guys are going the distance. I get it, Grammys. Just the fact the fact that it didn't work out. You know, you can't see the future. Come on. Well, no, because they do get all of the behind the musics um, in advance. Oh, they do. Announce the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. VH1 sends them out. Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, she was also nominated. We're going to get through all four of these awards, I swear. Um, she was also nominated for Best R&B Instrumental Performance for Shortberry Straw Cake, uh, a track on the Glamorous Life album. She lost mm -hmm. to Herbie Hancock for Sound System album. Uh, is that... Is that the... Do, is do, that... Do, do, yeah. Do, 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 <laughs> Were there robotic <laughs> pants moving? Is what I'm asking. That um is the most terrifying video I've ever seen. It is. It's. I don't know if it was that album. It, the the timing seems right. Mm -hmm. But anyway, is there any question of what is wrong with us that as children we watched the Herbie Hancock video, and then. And then that video ended, and then we watched a woman as a cake be hacked to death <laughs> by Tom Petty. Two of the most disturbing things I've ever seen on television were probably played back to back oh, on MTV. It's true. Insane. Insane. I it's watched all. that Herbie Hancock video recently, and the the Grammy Award performance recently, and yeah. uh, did not sleep for a week. There is there is <laughs> as no an adult, better. It is still terrifying. There is no better demonstration of the word unsettling than that video. Yeah. It's not scary. There's just like something wrong. You yeah. just you just feel like there's no. some, something something bad has happened and you don't know what it is. Yeah. That's all. So just FYI, this was not 
that sound system was not where Rocket came from. Okay. Rocket, yeah. yeah. System. So that's so that so that song is not called. Rocket. earlier. Got it. Oh, really? Yes. Believe it or not. Well, you were. That's there. like that's like nineteen eighty. That's early. Oh, was it? Oh, really? Eighty three. Okay. So, um, but I knew it was early. So the sound system album is not where Rocket came from, but it is where Rocket Man came from. Oh, as well as fact. the Jet song "Rocket to You." That's right. Mm. Yeah, yep. little known fact. Yep. Um, it was his covers album. Um, so uh, in that Billboard interview, uh, Sheila E. tells Billboard that the first time she heard "Glamorous Life" on the radio, she was in Los Angeles driving down Sunset Boulevard on her her way to a deli that she and Prince used to go to, and got into a car accident. Yikes! Oh no! She says, "Quote." I got hit uh, in the car while my single was playing on the radio. So I get out of the car. I make sure that the guy was okay. He said, I'm fine. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. By the way, that's my song playing on the radio. So <laughs> so did she hit him on pur- purpose is the question. She just wanted to tell people that her song was yeah. on the radio. Yeah. 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 She veered that into guy, him. Well, she, she said, that's my song on the radio. And the guy went, only in Los Angeles. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> So it also changed the direction of her career, which she said was challenging. She explained to Time in 2014, quote, I signed as an R&B artist, and when Glamorous Life crossed over to pop, it became, yeah, she was a pop star, not an R&B artist. Uh, A pop star that changed it. Then I started changing my show because then it was more about me singing, less playing. Mm -hmm. And that's why by my third record, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't true to who I am. Not that I didn't want to be a pop star or pop music was bad. It was just I wasn't playing as much, and that was the foundation of who I was, was a musician. I played percussion and played drums, and the more that I sang and the more that I didn't play, I felt emptiness and realized that I didn't, that it just didn't feel right, so I just walked away from it. Wow. So it's, it's kind of like they, they couldn't see this female pop singer or pop artist to uh being two things being a singer and a percussionist yeah i think the moment that moment that pop came into it it was like well you're a woman so you're got to be a singer well i think yeah i think there's as soon as you become like a pop artist you kind of especially uh, i mean i guess you could do it as as like a guitarist or, or a bass player or something, that's a little bit easier to transition. But like, you kind of have to step out from behind the drums. Right. To to be like the lead singer. I know, yeah. um, you know, like, like Karen Carpenter's a good example. Like she, in the early Carpenter's days, you know, she was the drummer and she sang, but like the more that she would do lead vocal and the more that she became famous for singing, she would, get to play the drums a lot less yeah um and she's considered like you know an amazing drummer um so i think it's the same thing it's like it's i think it's just like record companies not knowing what to do with somebody like no this is what pop artists do (laughs) multi-talented yeah 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 um so you know what i say know what i say good what do you say i say good good for for her. her good for her um so Prince produced her second album, Romance 1600, released in 1985. He co-wrote its second single with Sheila E., A Love Bazaar, a duet between the two singers. It was a major hit, reaching number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 2 on the R&B chart, 
and number one on the dance chart. Um, hot take right here. You ready? Yep. Okay. I'm pretty sure, and this is a hot take that no one will care about, but I'm pretty sure that the album cover for Romance 1600 was photographed in the same studio that Pat Benatar's uh, 1984 album Tropico was was uh, photographed in. In the same studio? Like, oh same God, backdrop, Michael. same everything. Michael, you are absolutely right. No one does care about that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I had to. I had to. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, is this like the fact that um, Family Matters and... Uh, <laughs> Who was it? Have the same well, house? Well, yeah. Oh, why can't I think of it? Who was Valerie's family Valerie's called? Family. The Hogan family. The Hogan family. Hogan family and yeah. and Family Matters live in the same house. Yeah. As did Blossom and just the ten of us. Oh, really? I didn't realize yeah, that. They, they, they had the same staircase. Yeah, it was the same house. Um, you know the the mm. the mommy dearest soap opera scene was filmed on the Happy Day set. Wait, really? Wait, what Happy Day set? The, the kitchen. House? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. The thing that totally gives it away is like when Fonzie walks on, it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Fonzie's in the background. I'm sorry. Are we not filming today? <laughs> and they just left it in because that out. Yeah. halfway through the movie, they gave up. No. Well, I got to say, and starring Henry Winkler. Yeah. So that really helped. <laughs> he's, he's in like, he's in a bathrobe. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I thought. I didn't know we were filming here today. I'm sorry. I, 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 I left my book here. I came to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. What else about Sheila E? Oh, in uh, so this is 1985 when her second album was released. Uh, in 1985, by the way, she also performed on We Are the World. Sure. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> now the question of what does Sheila E and Dan Aykroyd have in common? <laughs> There's your six degrees, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila E was a guest artist on the hit Dan Aykroyd single, We Are the World. Speaking speaking of MTV, that might be my single favorite shot of anything ever is when they when they do the sweeping wide shot and out of nowhere Dan Aykroyd just pops into the frame and so <laughs> Why is he there? It's so funny. Uh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, so uh, Prince co-wrote several songs with Sheila E. for her self-titled third album in 1987. Both her mm -hmm. second and third albums were released on Prince's Paisley Park label. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheila E. played percussion on Prince's 1987 Sign of the Time tour. I'm sorry, Sign of Sign O the Times. Please get it right. Yeah, Multiple get it times. right, Michael. I, you have to. Uh, tour pay the price and, uh, his 1988 to 1989 love sexy tour um, the two began dating during Purple Rain and were briefly engaged he actually proposed on stage during a performance of Purple Rain during the Sign of the Times tour Wow. Um, yeah. after the love sexy tour she left Prince both romantically and professionally mm -hmm. um she told The Guardian, quote, we just grew apart. I loved everything that we did together, but we were at a place where it didn't feel right to either of us. She explained to Billboard that it was difficult to break up as she considered Prince her best friend, but the two remained close over the years. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, so that covers the time around the glamorous life and her association with Prince, but Sheila E. continues to write and record and perform and produce. 
She was the first woman to be a musical director on television. Um, the show was The Magic Hour. Got nothing. Uh, it didn't last too long. It was yeah. Magic Johnson's talk show. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was yes. Magic Johnson's talk show. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah, was it? yeah she was, was the band the leader, hour. too. Okay. Was she the band All leader? Right. Was she the Doc yeah. Severinsen yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Magic Hour? That's what we're talking about? That's great. I don't know if she was the Doc Severinsen of the Magic Hour, but yeah. Let's say this. Let's say this. Uh, the failure of the Magic Hour cannot be laid at Sheila East feet. It cannot. No. <laughs> let's let's no, say. No. She. Her hands are clean. Yeah, her hands are <laughs> on this so one. clean. She's fine. <laughs> don't you put that on Sheila E. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the Magic Hour. <laughs> Uh, she's also the founder of Elevate Oakland, a nonprofit arts and music education program. Rolling Stone named her one of the hundred greatest drummers of all time, and Paste Magazine yeah. named her one of the ten best singing drummers in rock history. All right. And in well, 2021, Sheila E. and her father, Pete Escovedo, were recipri- recipients of the Latin Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. Um. As far as the glamorous life goes, the original demo version by Prince was released in 2019 on his posthumous Originals album. Hmm. And we also discussed uh, in our previous two Prince episodes, the previous episodes of our Prince trilogy, written by Prince for Other Artists trilogy. Um, That name is not final. Well, we got to brainstorm that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, We talked about the phenomenon of um prince having lost interest in people yeah um so while she didn't discuss it directly i think like something that sheila e said kind of reminded me of that and uh gives a little bit of insight um at least on the number of artists that he worked with and uh she told the guardian quote he was inspired by the people he hung around uh and that's what was so cool he didn't hang around the same type of people all the time. The point of growing as an artist and as a person is opening yourself up to other things. And mm. I think that's what Prince did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely like as, as tapped in as he was, right. I think he also, maybe not literally, but I think he just had like ADD. Like he would just like yeah. be super into something for that week and then he would like almost immediately be like ah I forget about that thing uh, I'm doing this new thing over here yeah now. I mean I think he, so. I think it's like when you we talked about in the beginning of this section where he heard the you know the Latin beat and stuff and was like this is I've never heard anything like this and he absorbs yeah. those things and after he absorbs it he might go to the next thing and say okay I get this now now I'm gonna find something else to influence me and to build off of what I already can do you know? Yeah, he just seems yeah. like one of those artists who's constantly um, inspired and constantly learning and constantly yeah. trying to do new things. So. P.S. How weird does it still feel to say posthumous for Prince? So crazy. Very weird. That he's gone. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, it's been a while now. Yeah. Too. Anyway. Hmm. Oh, sad. Bummer. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, thank you for. I mean, thank you for ruining my outro, Rachel. I mean, you're, I don't want to say this. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I will. I mean, you're like a real saxophone uh, when it comes to. Yeah, Rachel, you really tap danced all over his outro. Wow. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for that. Fantastic as always. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. This episode is sponsored 
by BetterHelp. Look, guys, there's no question that the last few years have been a bit rough. Maybe you're feeling scared or anxious or confused, and you just need someone to talk to. Heck, it would be weirder if you didn't. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Or you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles. And start feeling better. Because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to StorySong Podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash storysong, all one word. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storysong. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson do we learn from this song? Uh, Rachel, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from The Glamorous Life? Here's what I learned. Girls, mm. don't you sell yourself short, okay? If you have a six-wave man, <laughs> see if you can hold out for a seventh wave. Yeah. You'll be exhausted, but also <laughs> you'll be in love. Yeah. I mean, you know, sixth, sixth wave, you, you know, you might be okay. Seventh wave, that's when you've got a problem. You're like, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, and I'm going to say this to the guys out there. Like, you don't sell yourself short. You can be a seven-wave guy, okay? Now, yes. Yeah. Maybe it takes a week, a week and a half. Hydrate to get all seven. But I'm just saying, you can get there. Trust me. Carbo load, hydrate, and you can do it. <laughs> I have a pamphlet that I'll. I'll give you. Um, uh, it's got here's pictures I, that you don't want to see, but it's got. He's not a pamphlet. <laughs> all hand drawn. <laughs> Tastefully done. It's the it's, <laughs> it's the uh the first book that the uh ACLU ever called Brightfully Bad. Um <laughs> Here's here's a lesson I learned the hard way. Okay. Um money only pays the rent. Mm-hmm. Love is forever. That's all your life. Okay? That does not hold up in court, you guys. They are definitely going to evict you. Yeah, uh, oh, if sure. You, if you don't pay the rent and you yeah. try to go in with it, but like, well, money only pays the rent. They don't care. They, you can give them, tell them all the, the lovey-dovey stuff yeah. you want about love. It's not going to work. They, they definitely want their money. It's, so. it's but, like they think they can't go to the bank with love. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, go to the love bank. <laughs> if, if, they're, um, if they're dragging you out like as they're evicting you, and you say, but yeah. I love this apartment. And they'll yeah. be like, okay. okay yeah. yeah. You, well, you we didn't stay. know you loved the it. apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that. <laughs> we should have said that earlier. Yeah, we can't take you out of an apartment you love. Like, if you, like, kind of liked it, then we would definitely evict you. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you love it. Uh, Michael, what lesson did you learn? I learned um, that 
if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. But if you buy in bulk mm-hmm. and you bring a coupon and you yeah. have a rewards card, you probably can. Okay. Okay. So buy in bulk. That's a way to lead the glamorous life. Yeah. In bulk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> buy. So mm-hmm. don't, you're not going to. So don't. What, what Michael is saying is don't buy one summer mink. Mm-hmm. Buy buy in bulk. Buy your summer minks in bulk. Buy yeah. Buy a twelve pack at Costco. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna want you're gonna want a couple of brown sedans. It just, <laughs> sure. Uh, it just makes sense. Yeah. Hey, that brown sedan is that coming a six pack? Can I get a? <laughs> you got a variety pack on that one? No, we only got a twenty four pack. But you know. Oh, well, I'll take it. I mean, I'd be stupid not to buy it. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank pays you guys for itself. So much for listening. Hey guys, it pays for itself after 350 <laughs> years. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this has been the Story Song Podcast. Come back next ep- next episode when we cover another great story song. Follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you leave your podcast, wherever you get your podcast, and you leave your reviews, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We will talk to you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the story song. Uh, Are you not going to read him in? (laughs) No, I am. No, I am. I am. I'll just start it. Hey, guys. Sheila E. was born. Sheila Here we go. Here we go. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Pantheon.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.